0: This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA Plus community media organization Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber, or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.
1: Welcome to a podcast from Joy's Jazz Show, Bent Notes. Tune in live each Sunday night at joy.org.au. Kimber Griffith is a jazz chanteuse, and she loves to delve into the intricacies of a song, into the deeper story being told by the song. For the past five years, Kimber has been producing darkly sensitive renderings of iconic songs from the alternate rock and grunge era of the 1990s. But after five years, it's time to give it one last whirl and what better way than releasing an album of the highlights? It's my pleasure to wish a very warm welcome back to Bent Notes to Kimber Griffith. Welcome, Kimber.
0: Hi, David, how are you?
1: Very well indeed, and thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat tonight. I know you've you've oh, been out and about yeah. today.
0: I have. I actually did a wedding gig which is like such a novelty. It's been a really long time and it was an absolute fall. I've had a great time. So it was nice to play some music and nice to see people happy.
1: Oh, it would be indeed. As you say, it's been a while since we've been able to get out and do some of these things.
0: Absolutely.
1: Now, your debut album with your septet each time the first time was three and a half years in the making. The latest yes. album has taken five years. It sounds like you spend plenty <laughs> of time preparing.
0: Well, I have three children, David. <laughs> That's pretty much what happens. It's, um, I'd love to say that it's just you know me in the studio just, tinkering with each note but really it's just about trying to fit you know my musical conversations in with my life
1: the practicalities
0: um, exactly but you know this album is one that's sat on the shelf for a while but we're also working on a duo album which will come out early next year so things are happening but they just take a lot longer than perhaps i'd like them to
1: and you've taken a bit of a, a tour around australia in the last uh couple of years as well, which must have been fun.
0: Well, luckily we went in 2019 (laughs) because otherwise it would have been quite terrible. We went around Australia playing music, Ryan and I, my husband, who's my guitarist and musical director. We also went to Vietnam and did a whole lot of swing and jazz gig there, Japan and Indonesia. So we had a pretty amazing year travelling, playing music. But yeah, definitely got home ready to... To get into some projects and you know we all know what happened after that.
1: We do indeed <laughs> but what a great way to share your musical experience and talents with the world
0: oh, It was amazing like you know we, we played sort of pubs around Australia so we had to this is sort of how this project fit. It was good for us because you know you can't play kind of jazz standards at, in rich outback Queensland you know it doesn't really work so basically we took versions of songs and we kind of jazzed them up a bit but we just kind of went into those places and found out what people wanted to listen to and you know played that music and it was a really wonderful experience and something very different for us both.
1: But what a great way to do things Uh, understand what your audience wants and give them what they want except in a slightly different look and sound.
0: Yeah exactly and you know I mean it was actually incredible to see how you know some places when we were in Richmond which is in outback Queensland on Anzac Valley, like, we basically rang up the pub and said, like, do you want a gig, let's play some music? And they were like, yes, because I don't think they'd had a band there in years. Oh. And we ended up, like, the whole town, it was like there were Indigenous people, there were Army people, there were, like, cowboys. Everyone was at the pub and they just kept begging us to, I think we played about seven sets that night. <laughs> um it was just—it was a scream, but I think actually it was a really healing thing for the community to have something, you know, some music and things they could sing along to. It was actually beautiful. So yeah, it was—it was a nice experience.
1: A nice experience, also from a perspective that it just happened off the cuff. What a great way to do yeah.
0: things! Yeah, yeah, was, that was really special. Whereas obviously when we're playing jazz in. Other places it was a bit more organised. But that said, like when we went to Vietnam, we just found out there was a swing festival and wrote to them and next thing, you know, the whole weekend and that was incredible and we, you know, made some musical connections there. Ryan's actually producing an album with an incredible singer from Hanoi. He's a male singer but he sounds like Ella Fitzgerald exactly. It's oh. freaky. So his name's Daddy Do and, um, yeah, so we, it was really beautiful to make those connections.
1: Oh, wonderful. The songs in this particular project are iconic songs from the 1990s. That's a few years ago now. What made them great songs for this project?
0: I guess some of them were even from the 80s, to be honest, David. I'm quite a nostalgic type. I'm trying to get over that now, and that's why I really want this to be the last iteration of this project. So it sort of stemmed from how important music was to me as a young child. I'm just going to, I'm on a phone with you. I have to tell Ryan, because if he tr- turns down this road, we're going to lose signal. So one second. Sorry, listen. Okay. <laughs> Keep going straight ahead. <laughs> I didn't want to lose you. That would have been terrible. Uh, we live in the country. That's, as you may know, there's not much signal. So basically I you know, music was a lifeline to me as a teenager in Canberra, a creative, a bit weird, you know, didn't fit in. And I also wrote journals and those two things, you know, have really shaped my life. And then when I became a professional musician and I did you know, I I dreamt of that and when it actually happened, you know, I kind of wanted to go back and give those songs something back. Do you know what I'm saying? That sounds weird, doesn't it? But that's where it came from.
1: Are the original songs on your own music playlist that you listen to regularly?
0: They're on a the playlist I, pu- I listen to when I'm feeling angsty.
1: <laughs> ah, right.
0: <laughs> so they're like the angsty list. You know, the Smiths, like everyone puts the Smiths on when they're feeling a bit, like, you know, a bit gloomy. Yeah. Um, or, you know, Violent Femmes when you're feeling a bit angry or, you know. Um, so they're definitely still songs that I listen to. But yeah, I guess as a jazz musician, I put them away for a long time because I was so focused on the jazz canon, but, yeah, I wanted to go back and, and it's a very theatrical work, you know, the album, the show. It's I've done it as, as a show at the Cabaret Festival and it's just had so many iterations, I suppose, but this, it's all about those songs that literally got me through growing up in Canberra. <laughs>
1: right. And how did you approach making these songs your own? Did you have any trepidation about taking someone else's song and turning it round and jazzing it up a little bit?
0: Well, I suppose I see myself, you know, in the jazz world, you know, there's a lot of amazing, incredible um, original instrumentalists, improvisers. I, I think I'm more of a song stylist, you know, so for me it's all about the lyric, the melody, like what's this story, what's this song about, like what's it telling, you know? And there's some songs like in the jazz canon that, I, I might spend eight years trying to figure out like, what's it really saying, you know, yep. like how long has it been going on, is the tune like that. So, yeah, of course I, I did because they're so iconic, but I just kind of started with the story of the song and how it related to my life, you know. So it might be very different from what the, the creators of that original piece meant, but for me it had something very specific as a meaning. And then collaborating with improvising musicians like Ryan and Nico. I think Nico was on your show tonight as well. He's Nico was, yes. As, yeah, he's in this project as well. Tamara Murphy. And we've had a few different bass players through that. And then Julian Wilson was on the recording and also Gideon Brazil, who's playing on the launch. So, you know, it's when you meet the story and, and the melody with like improvising musicians and harmony, you know, just things come out of that that you didn't even expect, you know?
1: Great way to do things, to, to get in there with your own sense of, I want this song now to, to be me.
0: Yes, and the thing is, like, it's not that thing where it's like the postmodern jukebox, you know? It's not like we're taking a song and putting it through this filter because a filter is just something you layer on the top, you know? Yeah, it's it's not, not sugar. No, exactly, that's right. This is like... Everything, I think that's the thing about a lot of these songs, a lot of people, you know, when you're growing up, those songs in your teenage years, you know, you remember the shit, sorry, I shouldn't swear, you remember what went down when that song was playing or you remember how that got you through when you thought, you know, I can't take this anymore or whatever, you know, and that's sort of, I guess, where I went to with it. The improvising aspect, it, I don't know, it's just got a power about it because the songs have got so much energy to them, you know.
1: To start with, yeah. Now, I read one of your favourite quotes from Miles Davis where he said, always look ahead but never look back. Is this that moment for Kimber Griffith and this project?
0: Well, this project is all about looking back and I. but I think the looking forward is that I need to pretty much, you know, do something else now because it keeps knocking on my door. And so the way that it came to, to being was just like, I had all these beautiful recordings that were sitting there. I hadn't done a gig in so long because of, you know, it, it, which will not be named. And, you know, I was like, how am I going to start again? How how are any of us music, musicians starting again? So at the time I decided to release it, it was just like, this will be a start, you know? Yep. And obviously since then, like, things have unfurled, new projects are happening, but Yeah, I need to actually um, look forward. So it's kind of like a last gasp, I guess, and releasing the album is the way to do that.
1: And and in a sense, you're transferring everything from your mind onto that little bit of digital uh, footprint so that the digital footprint can worry about it in the future rather than you. It's like writing a a, a worry on a little bit of paper and throwing a paper in a bin.
0: Yeah, exactly, or burning a journal.
1: (laughs) That's it. Yes, indeed. Now, tell me about the launch.
0: Yes, is that the Paris cat? Saturday the 7th of August at 9:30. and obviously the tickets are very limited because of blah blah blah. So getting quick you know, there are some tickets. yeah, getting quick and it's going to be mostly about the music whereas other versions have been very theatrical, but there will still be some spoken word. There are some original compositions by Ryan Griffith and there's some you know set dressing, in the past, I've had a snake on the stage, but I think oh. I'm going to have to forgo the snake this time. Okay. Um, <laughs> so anyone who's afraid of snakes, you can safely come to the Paris Cat. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's sure to be a beautiful night.
1: I reckon we should hear another piece from the album, Tengu's Warm-Up. Why is that on the album?
0: So that's one of Ryan's compositions. I think so, you know, Ryan's sort of person that he, he got the vibe of this project because, you know, he knows me inside out. And I was saying, like, I want some things that are instrumental that, you know, can take the audience, in, you know, into their own world, and I think that the pieces that he's created are about that. I actually don't know who Tengu is or what it's a warm-up for. What is it, Ryan? Tengu a Japanese... Um, it's a Japanese mythical figure, figure yeah. that lives in the hills. It's got a really long nose... It's a mischief maker.
1: Oh, right. So it's
0: like a warm-up mischief. It's like a trickster, you know, like in the the shamanic tradition, the trickster, which, yeah. which is a big part of, like, teenage years. So there you go from the horse's
1: mouth. Well, we will hear this uh, trickster's warm-up now here on Bent Notes. Kimber, thanks so much for chatting again on Bent Notes. My best wishes to you for a very successful launch next Saturday night at the Paris Cat and for a very successful next project, whatever that might happen to be.
0: Thank you so much for having me, David. so good to speak to you, and and thanks to all the listeners out there and and to Joy FM for just being amazing as always.
1: A pleasure indeed. Let's enjoy Tengu's warm-up here on Joy 94.9. You've been listening to a podcast from Bent Notes. Join us live each Sunday night on JOY 94.9.
0: Thanks for listening to another JOY podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, JOY. Help keep JOY on air. Head to JOY.org.au. JOY, a diverse sound for a diverse community.